You are listening to The Fox, a podcast novel written and read by Arlene Radaski. Chapter 3, Laverne, 72 A.D., November. The fascinating young woman, Jana, who danced in front of me last night, left me reeling in confusion. It was my first night in the company of men in the many nights of my journey, and I was exhausted. While I lay on the floor, she came close enough to me to allow me to smell the lavender from her hair. They sang to praise the stories of their Kian Kittik. I played to entice a glance from her. Bethan expected me to stay for the Sawain ceremony. Now I had to stay not only for the ceremony, but to find out why the gods led me here. For I am druid. The gods and goddesses talked to me. They spoke to me last night. After my meal of bread and mead, I required quiet hours to purify myself, to allow my songs to rise to the gods. The young dancer guided me to the stable. I asked, and when she told me her name, my legs weakened. I shuddered. My thoughts had been invaded by her twice before. In the dreams, she looked through my eyes. She was there at the hunt for my namesake, the fox, and again after the sacred sacrifice to stop the Roman invaders. Could I be in danger here with her? Her name, Jana, haunted me for years. I undertook this journey to survive. The gods guided my steps. It was a search for her. I circled the goats and ponies, secure in the warmth of their bodies. I had walked for many nights, wary of the unknown. Tonight was not an exception. I wished to speak with my teacher, Conan, but could not. He had been captured by the Romans, was now a slave. I mourned my loss of contact with him. Jana left me her cloak. I wrapped myself in it to know her. Her scent, lavender, herbs for cooking— and some, unknown to me, lay heavy on the wool. I reached into my bag and took my stones into my hand. Three times I traced the path of the labyrinth. My mind calmed, ready to hear the gods. I covered my face with her cloak and opened my mind to those who wished to speak. The goats bleated, the ponies neighed, and one came close enough to warm my neck with his breath. The gods and goddesses came, surrounded in light. I asked, You have guided my hands to be able to heal. You have calmed my spirit when I have been in question about the needs of others. I have a need. Why was I led here? I interpreted the music of their answers in my vision. Luch spoke first. Laverne, he whispered, You are tired. Your mind is heavy with indecision. Here you may sleep and renew your body for the morrow. Then you must decide whether to go or stay in this village. Your journey may be complete if you choose to stay. But understand, danger is never out of sight. There is death hanging over these people. Arwan, the god of my underworld, the one I called on every Sawain, in a coarse, deep voice said, your journey may end here, or it may continue if you choose to go. 
If you go, you will meet and learn from many more people, but your heart will remain unfulfilled. If you stay, you will learn why your paths crossed here. It is for you to choose. Then three voices woven into one. Queen Morigna sternly said, Hear me, mortal. Fear me if you stray. You are commanded to teach the one who carries the blood of her people. You are commanded to guide the one who will soften the paths of the dying. You will mark the day of her marriage. It will not be to the chosen one. She holds the dreams of your future in her hands. It is to Jana I commit you. Jana is your burden. You may choose to leave and wander alone for eternity. You may choose to stay and learn to love and cry. It is your choice. I listened. The gods gave me directions. I gave my life to the gods. I am druid. The night was long. My blood boiled. The gods had spoken, and the task of finding Jana's connection to the gods had fallen on me if I stayed. I knew not whether the dangers that Lug described were caused by her or directed to her. I must act carefully until I made my decision. My body overheated, I threw her cloak off and removed my shirt. As night ended, I stood by the pony that carried me yesterday. Then she came. Jana. She brought warm, cleansing water, and we talked. To start our journey, I told her the gods have crossed our paths one over the other. I watched as she ran away. I wondered what was in her heart, why she ran. But I did not have time to wander long. Bethan lunged noisily into the stable, his hair brushed back, his chest bare. His plaid cape was fastened around his shoulders and hung over his yellow brachie, covering tree trunk-like legs. His boots were long and laced with a length of red hide. He hawked and spit at his rooster. It ran as if familiar with his morning routine. Did you pass the night well, druid? Bethan growled. An extra plaid cloak hung off the crook of his elbow. Blessings this morning to you. May the goddess ride on your shoulders today, I said. She can ride if she can hold on. I expect a fine ceremony and a full harvest for the next year. Ask her for a gentle ending to this God's forsaken dark season. The storms have been hard this year. I will ask. I cannot promise. Ah, you priests never promise anything. I have found the gods listen to those who please them the most. I pray you please them. He turned away from me laid the cloak on a rail, and threw a handful of grain to his goats. They stumbled over themselves trying to get to it. He laughed. And fasts will be announced today after you speak. The couples will marry soon. A good way to start a new season of growth. The young woman who danced in my home last night, Jana, is one of them. He turned to his ponies and gathered the harness for the chariot into his massive arms. The rattle of the metal buckles on the harness blended with the morning call of the roosters and the prattle of the waking people outside the stable. Plentiful harvests and ample butchering is what I ask. We must give a bull to Arwan and Morigna today, he said as he crossed and lifted the harness over the pony's withers. Is Jana going to be handfasted to one you choose? Yes, she is my kin. I chose a good match for her. I did well. Even though he did not face me, I imagined his smile. 
He was proud to be the chieftain and make these decisions. He had chosen for her. That's what the goddess meant. She was not to marry the chosen one. Now I must convince this mountain of a man that the marriage was not to happen. Kion Kiddick Bethan, I said, I beg you to listen well. The goddess spoke with me last night about Janna. Bethan stopped buckling the harness, stood to his full height and turned to me, questions in his hooded eyes as he measured me from head to toe. I stood tall, still covered by his shadow. The goddess Marigna ordered Janna not to be betrothed today. I stepped in front of the pony so Bethan could not leave the dark stable until he absorbed the goddess's words. I was ready to fight for the goddess's demand. I do not know what Goddess Marigna's plan is for Janna's future, but I know I must be involved, I said. His body tensed. A low growl came from his throat. What do you mean, you must be involved? You have just arrived. What do you know of Janna? Janna is the reason I am here. My journey was a long one. Many dangers were involved. I left to avoid death, but arrived here by the calling of the gods. Last night they told me that Janna is the reason I am here. I do not know more than that. The gray early morning light hid his eyes. I could not assure him with mine that I spoke the truth. I silently prayed, Morigna, whisper in his ear, tell him I speak with your words. I said, the goddess led me here, but I do not know what she plans. I must study Janna, know her. Then the goddess will guide me. Bethan did not move. Even his breathing seemed to stop. I strained not to speak until he answered. His jaw clenched and his eyes closed. Then his eyes opened slowly and trapped mine. Sometimes this goddess asks the impossible, he said. Why you? Why not one of my warriors? That is the answer I will give you after I have spent time with Janna. She is the one who holds the truth to these questions. She is the one the goddess will speak through. I must learn if she has the clan's goodwill at heart. The clan's good will? The clan's good will? What do you know of my clan's good will? We have fought hard to have a little bit of peace. Janna was born of my sister, and during her lifetime no ill has come to the clan. Why would this change? Good chieftain, I do not say there is harm coming to the clan. I only know I must find out why I am here. The gods have given me a choice, and I choose to stay. After a long moment of silence, Bethan's face hardened into an iron mask. I will do as the gods ask. You are a priest. You must speak the truth on Sawain. But know this, druid. She is of my family, and if you harm her without talking to me first, I will have your head on my wall. The pony's ears stood up as it felt Bethan's hands stiffen on its back. She is your millstone while you are here. I will not harm her without your permission. Betroth the man Janna was to marry to another woman. Janna will not marry him, I said. Heralt, Bethan said as if he just remembered the name. Hmm, 
He did want to marry the farm girl, Silius. I will announce it today. He pointed his large hand at me and said, I warn you, do not anger me. You do not scare me, priest. I will hunt you like a dog if I decide to kill you. I do only what the goddess wishes me to do, I said, bowing my head. I must find out why the girl Jana invaded my mind. Now I had Bethan's permission to talk to her, to question her, to know her. We will ready my chariot. You ride with me. My sons will come on their ponies. Wear this. He threw the plaid to me as he led the pony outside. We will go soon. I swung the cloak over my shoulders and fastened it with the acorn top pin attached to it. I slung my bag over my neck, and when Bethan called, climbed into the chariot, his sons on either side. We passed Janna, her mother, and a young man I guessed to be Heralt. I did not look at Janna. To be prepared for the ceremony, my mind must be free from outside thoughts. I was to perform the sacrifice of the Sawain giving fire. My mind was clear. I meditated on my songs. I did not think of Janna again until later. At the ceremony field, there were two stacks of oak logs far enough apart to allow the passage of people and animals. The clan gathered and talked among themselves excitedly. Most were wearing the plaid Jana had woven. It was the first time I had seen a clan dressed in the same colors. I felt the strength of the bond it created as I looked over the clan. Bethan was right to ask all to wear it as a sign of brotherhood and fealty. I walked to the sacred circle drawn around the piles of wood and waited. The crowd began to call for the ceremony to begin. The men led the bull to me. Here is the earthen vessel to be used in the ceremony, said Finley, handing me the small pottery cup that would hold the blood of the sacrifice. I crossed to the bellowing sacrificial bull. Two grown men hung onto ropes fastened to its neck, its front legs hobbled. Frightened eyes rolled and froth flung from its mouth as it tried to escape. I laid my hands on its forehead and looked deep into its eyes. It calmed as I spoke. I call the god Arwen and the goddess Morigna to attend our ceremony and ask the blessings of both to fall on the clan, the harvests, and the animals. I thank you, sacred bull, for giving your life today. You will call the gods to us and have them hear our prayers. I raised my dirk to the sky and plunged it into the bull's body. Its blood spurted into the cup I held against its straining neck. He flew into a rage and blood sprayed covering my arms. Two more men leaped forward to further restrain the enraged bull. I drank and passed the cup to Bethan. He drank. The blood was warm and tasted of metal. I heard the call of the birds over the bull scream and looked up. The sky over us was black with ravens. This is the sign of Morigna. The queen is here and blesses the clan, I shouted, and I raised my bloody arms to the ravens. The crowd cheered, then quieted as they began to feel the tension of the next few moments. If the sacrifice did not go well, the clan would feel the wrath of the gods. I nodded to Finley to carry up the sacred sword. He stood, the bull's shoulders at his chest, raised the sword and plunged it into his back. The sword pierced its heart. The bull raised its head as if surprised, fell to its knees, and then, as we raced out of the way, rolled to its side with a huff, dead. A good sacrifice. I told the gathered clan, the peaceful death of the bull is the sign 
the god Arwen is here. He will bring good hunting and a good harvest for next year. There were cheers and shouts of happiness among the people. Bethan walked forward and commanded attention with raised arms. To celebrate the coming planting season of the clan, Bethan shouted to the muttering cloud, we will have marriages. I betrothed Myra and Clyde. He raised his hands for the couple to come forward. I heard shouts of congratulations. Gara and Lyle. Again, I heard wishes of good luck and a healthy family. Heralt and... My eyes searched and found Janna next to Heralt on her tiptoes, steadying herself on his arm. He seemed to be pulling away from her. Heralt and Silius! The crowd grew quiet. Janna jumped when Bethan finished the announcement and then stood still. She stared as Heralt walked to a young woman I assumed was Silius and kissed her. I watched Janna turn and run towards the lake. After a moment of stunned silence, the crowd cheered again. Heralt, a grin on his face, did not notice as Silius's eyes followed Janna with concern. I could not follow Janna. This was the goddess's moment. I stayed to light the Sawain fire. I sang. These we shall burn today, the rowan in the shade and the willow near the water, the alder of the marshes, the birch under the waterfalls, the yew for resilience, the elm of the bray, the oak shining of the sun, the hazel of the rocks and the pine for immortality, to call all the gods and goddesses, to bring the clan health and food and peace, to bring honor and prizes and strength to the warriors, to bring music and mead to all in the coming spring. Henrik passed me a burning oak brand. I let it fall on one stack and then the second, creating two purifying fires. The heat burned the hairs on my arms as I threw in the cup used to drink the blood. Let the bone fire receive the bull. I directed the body of the bull to be thrown on the first fire. You may now pass between the fires, bring your animals and be purified for the new year. Be protected and comforted by the gods. Give your sacrifices and light your brands to rekindle your home fires as you pass. The farmers and warriors led families, ponies, cattle, sheep, and goats between the fires. All threw in a gift, harvested grain, wool, or other items, and reached out for a piece of the fire to take home. I watched as Winda, Jana's mother, threw in a piece of plaid cloth. The air filled with smoke that carried the smell of burning meat and wool to the sky. Jana, why was I passed over and not handfasted to Heralt? I was worthless and abandoned. I ran to the lake and fell to its muddy bank, confused. My life had ended. The ravens were gone. I sat next to a lake that was deathly still. The smell of burning animals drifted in the air and choked me. I was alone. The clan was passing through the fires to be purified, and I was not there. My arms crossed my breasts, and I shook as I cursed. How could you refuse me? How could you leave me alone? I screamed at the iron sky. I folded into myself, knowing I would never be the same again. I would not be able to face the clan again. 
I sat as the sun traveled through the day and the sky darkened with the coming intolerable night, shivering in my aloneness. Jana, I did not hear him approach. I jumped when he spoke. It will be dark soon. You must come back to your home, Laverne said. How can I? I can never go home. I have been cursed, I whispered. No, you have not been cursed, he said. I lifted my tear-stained face, brushing my stringing hair away, and looked at him. I told you this morning in the stable we shall find why our path is together. You could not be betrothed, he said. I spoke with Bethan, and he acknowledged what the goddess has asked of you. He kneeled beside me as I sat up, wrapping my cloak tightly around myself as a shield to keep him from touching me. I was supposed to be with Heralt after the fires, celebrating. We were going back to his farm and eat a meal. Where is he now? I asked. He is with his betrothed, he said. You come here not invited and destroy my life. You invade my dreams and do not let me sleep. You convince Bethan that I should not be married to Heralt, and yet you do not tell me why. I'm cursed for knowing you. I wished I had never seen you. What is it you want from me? Bewildered and angry, I slapped him. I hit him and struck him until I yielded to the ground again, sobbing. He knelt, defiant through my tirade. I envisioned our future together. The goddess gave me your dreams. Now we must determine why. I must be sure in my mind what our destiny is, Jana, he said. He was quiet as moments passed and my sobbing eased. As he gave me time to calm myself, I remembered what I had experienced in my passage dreams. I was content to be with him, and I wanted to help him at those times. I knew he was spiritual and determined, but for me confusion still reigned. He changed my future. He destroyed it. I do not know what was ahead of me. He said we have a destiny together. At least I would not be alone. My future, our future, I said, wiping my face with the back of my hand. We have a journey to take. I looked at him, remembering my passage dream. There was blood on your arms. Yes, your mother gave me some water to wash after the purifying. He thought I meant the blood from the bull. I meant the blood of the fox. She also gave me food. I brought you bread and boiled pork, he said. I salivated at their mention. I had not eaten for many hours. I stretched to take the bread and pork. He held it just out of my reach. I looked up at him and scowled with hunger and annoyance. He had caused me to be here, and now he played with me. I hated him again. I wanted to be anywhere but here right now. I must ask you to swear to something before you eat, he said. I said, I do not see why I need to swear to anything to you. You have taken my life away. Why should I talk to you at all? Laverne stood, not as tall as Bethan, yet he towered over me with a sharp, appraising look. I saw the muscles of his jaw working under his beard. His eyes were intensely blue-black. I was not as brave as I wished, and I trembled. Bethan, your chieftain, has given me leave to talk to you. I am a druid. You must obey me. You must obey my demands, or I will take you to be tried before the clan council, he said with authority. 
If he spoke with the council about my dreams, they could accuse me of being evil. I could be a sacrifice at the next quarter ceremony. I could not explain my passage dreams. I grew frightened. I stared at him and asked, What do you want me to swear? I have two questions. You must look in my eyes and swear the truth of your answers. I will know whether you are telling falsehoods. Standing as tall as I could, I only came to his chest. My dress and cape were dripping mud and wet grass, and I shivered. I looked into his deep eyes in the darkening daylight, and I noticed his full brows pulled together, creasing his forehead. I must know whether you have been influenced by a man in any way, he said. Influenced by a man? Fiff! What a stupid question! I am a loyal clanswoman. Of course a man had influenced me. Bethan, my chieftain. Have you ever lain with a man? he interrupted. No, I have lived with my mother and never have let any man touch me, ever. Now I was beginning to wonder if that would ever happen. He nodded and continued. Have you ever harmed or wanted to harm anyone through your dreams? I stood there looking at him and remembering my passage dreams. I felt his emotions when we were together in the dreams. I felt his excitement of the hunt, his fear at the sacrifice. I felt the confusion of the girl I visited, Ain. I wanted to convey peace and comfort to both, never anything harmful. A moment passed, his eyes narrowed and jaws clenched, and he began to move away from me, taking the food. Wait! I reached out and grabbed his arm. I swear I have never wanted to harm anyone in my life, awake or in my dreams, except you just a few moments ago. I am hungry, cold, and tired, and you have destroyed my life. You withhold food from me and threaten me with the council. You tell me my mother and chieftain approve of this treatment. I want to strike you. Anger writhed in my stomach. Then my shoulders sank. I knew I could not hit him. Beaten, I turned from him and cried. I do not want to be here. I put my face in my hands and sat back down on the cold ground. The sky was gray, filled with cruel clouds, and the glaring sun was leaving, setting behind the three hills. I told the truth and could do no more. Let him take me to the council. I did not care. I folded in on myself. He laid his cape across my shoulders. It was still warm from his body. I relaxed, enveloped by his odor of earth and acorns. He gave me bread and meat. I ate. Then he lifted me into his arms. His body warmed me, and I stopped shivering. My head rested on his shoulder. I fell asleep with the rocking of his body as he carried me home. The following morning I awoke in my own bed. At breakfast my mother told me the gods and druids often change the plans of men. So it is, she said, so it is. She told me that I was to meet the druid by the lake, where we were last night. I did what I was told. I put on my dress, combed the grass from my hair, and went to the lake. A storm was coming. The sky darkened and the rain scented the air. As I walked past others on the path, a few people wished me good morning, and I was surprised. I did not expect anyone to acknowledge me after yesterday. When I arrived, he was waiting. He wore the cloak and acorn pin Bethan had given him. His unbound red hair blew around his face in the wind. 
His clean-shaven face was unusual, as the men of my clan wore beards. More handsome than the warrior Brayden, he made my breath catch in my throat. I was disappointed in myself. I did not want to like him. I hardened my thoughts about him. I am glad to see you are well today. Did you get some rest and food? he asked. Yes, I said curtly. I told Bethan we have no need for the council. I did not tell him about your dreams and our meeting in them. The wind began to blow harder. My skirt stung my ankles as it whipped around. What did he want of me? I still have some questions in my mind. I do not understand why we have this connection. We must find out together. In a dream, the goddess showed me both you and I, standing on a mountain looking over this valley. We were protecting it and each other. I must understand our bond to know what is expected of us. He looked at me with concern on his face. Maybe he is right. Druids often had dreams of the future. But I feared his words in my heart. Why would my clan need protection? The wind is bringing in a storm with a bitter edge to it, I said as I wrapped my arms around my shoulders. I wished I had worn my oiled cloak. He looked up at the dark, cloudy sky. It will not rain for a few hours more. I want to walk around the lake with you. He opened his arms and invited me to walk next to him, warmed under his cloak, his arm around my shoulders. What is the name of this lake? he asked, pointing his chin at the wind-blown waves. Lach Dub, Black Lake. It is black during all the seasons. I am told other lakes are blue. You have not seen other lakes? No, I have never been away from here except in my passage dreams. We walked further. He was quiet until we reached the high point of the shore. The wind was stronger and I leaned into it to stand upright. We stood on the bank and looked out over the lake. The hills were behind him now and he looked like a warrior standing against the wind with his hair blowing away from his clean, strong face. It is here our chieftains made sacrifices before and after battle, I observed, pointing to the lake. Kenrick told me there are iron and bronze swords down there. Has there been a human sacrifice here? I feel lingering souls, he asked. There were several when I was very young, warriors taken in clan battles. I remember feasts and after the heads on our gate. Mother told me it was common during her childhood. She said some of the heads of our clansmen hung on other fences. It was the way of life. Since Bethan has been chieftain, though, battles are rare. He brought peace to this valley. His wife was from the clan we often fought. They talked a truce, and she came to live with us as his wife. We have no reason for a human sacrifice. The animal sacrifices seem to placate the gods. There have been no battles or threats in recent times. I was still unsure how I felt about him. I did not trust him. The gods had guided him here, so he said. I asked the gods to guide me through his actions. My uncle and my mother gave my life to him, but I would not so easily. I would not give in to him unless he proved his worth to me. He would not have my spirit unless I gave it. Laverne looked into the distance as if he saw riders on ponies fleeing across our farm fields, his brow filled with furrowed rows. His arm slightly pulled me closer to him while I wanted to pull away. I stayed near him only for his warmth. 
No threats. No threats yet, he quietly murmured as we turned to walk home in silence. Please join me again for another chapter of The Fox by Arlene Radaski. Now enjoy the music of Steve McDonald, Conla and the Fairy Maiden from his album The Stone of Destiny. His music can be found at www.etherean.com, who along with Steve have allowed me to use the music in my podcasts. Learn more about The Fox at www.radasky.com.